You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. We have Bill Gross on the call tonight. Bill, I really appreciate your time. And we're going to cover a topic that we haven't really talked about before and go into a little detail. And that uh, topic is probate. And and uh, we could probably spend more than half an hour talking about that. But uh, I really appreciate your time. And if you want to connect with Bill and, and connect and see all of his resources around this topic, head over to probateweekly.com for those details. I, I Like I said, I appreciate your time, Bill. Uh, and if you're ready, we'll just jump right in. Let's do it. So I, I understand, you, first of all, too, you have a you have a show of your own. I, I kind of wanted to direct people to that as well. So sure. what is the name of your podcast? ProbateWeekly.com is the, is the podcast. So I do a weekly video Zoom call. Uh, I get 40, 50 people live, and then we stream it out through uh, YouTube, Facebook, and then on uh, podcast uh, platforms as well. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like I said, we're going to probably just uh, tip of the iceberg but I warned you that before we even started that a lot of the people that listen to my show are relatively new to real estate investing. So the concept of probate is probably kind of foreign to a lot of people. So sure. I'd hate to do this, but I'd like to start at the very beginning and even define what probate is sure. and uh, exactly that, what it is. Sure. And I work with you first-time investors all the time. That's my, my specialty is helping people and educating them. So I'm glad to... So probate, a friend of mine came up with a joke that probate is really when you die, you filing a lawsuit against yourself. Because you, when we pass, we have a certain number of assets. And rather than just giving them to people, probate is where somebody on your behalf files for the right to distribute your assets. But they got to pay for legal fees, attorney's fees, maybe court fees, and just eats into those assets. And so really, we want to we avoid probate in most states. It's very from state to state, but in most states, you can use a living trust, which basically puts the assets in a box, and then says, you know, when I pass, here's what to do with them, and that avoids the probate process. So probate, you know, specifically is the legal process by which states, and usually through the county government, will allocate the resources of a decedent, even with a will. Many people think a will avoids probate, and that's generally not true, a will normally is adjudicated or probated in probate court. Um, so that's really handling people's assets who are deceased or, in most jurisdictions, incapacitated. Cases where people are older, get dementia, Alzheimer's, can't make decisions on their own, they need a conservatorship established, that's usually done in probate court. Or if, they say, parents pass and leave assets to a, a child who's a minor, a guardianship is established to... Um, help prevent the minor from making wrong decisions. So all that's kind of been included in the probate court process. So it's interesting you you brought up the trust things so fairly early in the conversation here. So would you say the trust is a way to, you said, well, probate can eat up and, and consume some of those resources yeah. that are there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trust kind of bypasses all of that and and basically gives that those instructions. Generally. Now there's a cases where, 
I mean, I've had people call me today about a trust or the siblings fighting and one wants to hire an attorney to sue the other. So anybody can sue anybody for anything. Whether they win or not is a different question. But generally, trust will 99.9% of the time effectuate the transfer of assets without any kind of litigation or attorney being required. Sure. So, you know, one of the things that when it comes to real estate investing, some people kind of specialize in in this aspect of yeah. finding discounted properties right. in, in when, they're, when they're kind of in that limbo or probate. Right. Um, how have you found working with real estate investors in that regard? So I'd say there's two kind of two kind of roads that I work on in that area. One road are real estate investors who make a full-time lead generation activity out of the probate space. <clears throat> so they'll mail or they'll call or they'll um, you know, do social media, they'll door knock. The normal things we do in marketing to get to those people kind of in a systematic um, level and, 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 and uh, maybe cover an entire jurisdiction, a county or two or more counties in an area. And so I work with those investors. Obviously, they're, they like working with a knowledgeable a professional like me to help them. And then there's another category, what I would call the more one-off. Maybe that investor is very professional, does a lot of business or does one, but the one they want to talk about uh, has a probate problem. There's you know, the grandson's living in the property. It's titled in the grandparent's name. The parents are both gone. That's a probate. And so how do you transfer title so that the, the grandson has the legal right to sell the property. And that's usually where I come in and try to help an investor who has a title problem. So, you know, I, again, either that's your main business or once in a while it comes up as a, as an issue. Sure. So that, that's really interesting is that, you know, um, we see specialization on in the legal form and the property form and in, in a variety of ways, I guess it never even occurred to me that there would be somebody that you could pursue, approach on the real estate investing side to help you navigate this land field that that's called probate and, and closing on a, on a property. What I, what I tell investors, especially new ones starting out is find a realtor who's already in the space to work with and work as a team because there's things they can do that I can't do. And I also call it getting two bites of the apple because generally as a real estate broker, I'm reaching out to them to list a property to sell it. An investor, of course, just wants to buy the property. But the hard part is getting in conversation with the owner. So if you're an investor and you're talking to them and they say, no, we really want top dollar, well, then you can refer them to me. And when I talk to somebody and they just want a cash offer, I bring them to my cash investors. And then somehow you can work out to do some marketing together to share some of the costs. But I work quite a bit with different investors, both um, first-time investors and more established ones. Sure. So you're an actual real estate broker. I am. I mean, I'm an investor too, my, but my main business is brokerage. I'm, that's my, how I make my income. And then I do some investment with my you know, savings for my wealth. So how did you go, like, let's, let's start on your career journey a little bit. I always find that real estate, for the most part, has, is kind of an accidental career, <laughs> let, alone, let alone get into the specialization as probate, such as yourself. Sure. Sure. So I was an accident. My, uh, I was uh, in computers and electronics, and I was kind of in between one job, and I was, I was pitching, uh, trying to finance a, a company, uh, and I went to lunch with my brother. My brother was in real estate. And on the way home from lunch, he said, hey, let's just hop in this office real quick. Pretend you're my partner. And I said, okay, fine. You know, and we went in and chatted a little bit with somebody. And 
I was so used to everything being you know, on the phone and formal and corporate, it seemed interesting to talk to somebody buying a house or selling a house. And so we went to lunch again about a week later in the same scenario in another place. He said, well, come on, just pretend you're my partner again. Well, he was, he was soliciting me to work with him in business, and we got along well. So we started working together in 1986, and um, you know, we, you know, uh, it was fun. I mean, it was fun to work with my brother. It was fun to work in the business. I think it was very real. I think you know, when you talk to people about real estate, you're important in their lives. That was really exciting to help people and be of value to them. So I've done it you know, ever since. I, I've been in sales and management and ownership. And I got involved in a, a big company, hired me to manage, and I built up the company, and then they had some problems. And so at 60 years old, um, they, you know, I had to leave. I, I, you know, I, I realized they're not going to go anywhere. And I said, well, this is maybe the last five years of my full-time you know, work career. What do I want to do? And I wanted to be in real estate. And I did some research and tried to use all of my knowledge and experience. I knew I needed to pick an area to specialize in. And probate matched up well for me. Um, my father was an attorney. I used to work at a law firm. I kind of looked like an attorney, a gray hair. Uh, I like wearing suits. Um, I have a lot of attorney clients. So I started about two, almost three years ago, two and a half years ago, um, full-time doing all my lead generation in the space of probate. And it's been an amazing business. I had my best sales year ever last year. And this year, I've already sold more than I did last year by a good margin. So it's been great for me. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I, I think... You know, out of everything you said there, something that really stood out to me was you said um, you you were important in their lives right. when you were doing those real estate transactions. And yeah. as a real estate investor and a realtor, for that matter, I get a lot yeah. of realtors that listen to the show too. Right. I, I think that's really something that we have to keep in mind um, that, you know, it reminds me of a story of, of when my my wife and I, we were going to have our first child and we went in and, and the doctor kind of blew us off a little bit um, because of some of the, you know, I had a lot of questions and I actually had to take, take a second and, and actually ask her to, if she could slow down. And I understand that this was routine for her, but this was our first child. This is an right. event for us. Right. And uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to keep that in focus sometimes. It is a very important aspect of their lives, and, and we have to treat it as such. You know, I had the same experience. My mother-in-law, blessed memory, was ill. We had one doctor who was just terrible. My wife was a nurse, and so come knew some of the procedures and asked him questions, and he got all agitated with her and said, well, who are you to question me? I'm the doctor. And she said, well, I know what we're talking about. I mean, I was a nurse, but it's not complicated. And then we had another doctor who literally on like a Saturday night at three in the morning is explained to us, he pulls out a paper, he's drawing, you know, the body parts to explain to us exactly what was happening. And of course, it meant so much to my wife to be comforted that a doctor cared that much to show her the extra time. And so I agree with you. I, I, I try to. I mean, it's a challenge. I, I do my best to be as patient as I can and listen. I, I tell my the agents I, I coach I think I get more business just by listening to clients than I do anything I ever say to them. And, and I think it's really important to, you know, most people, you know, live, I always say, live, it sounds negative, but I think most people live quiet, desperate, lonely lives. And if I can be a person that listens to them and helps them through the problem, I can find out the right solution for them. We as realtors tend to say, oh, you want to sell the house? Great. I'll bring the boxes over. And they've lived there for 50 years. It's, it's emotionally challenging. It's 
physically challenging. It's a lot of work. And we'd be patient and understand that um, they're going to take some time to really make that decision and get in action. Yeah, it's it's not a transaction. I mean, like you just pointed out, more times than not, you're working with individuals that have it's not just a house. It's some. It's a place where they raise their family. There's a lot right. of memories there. And the great investors I've met understand that and are an asset in the deal by being patient and by being understanding and, and, and treating people in a human with some kindness. Um, the ones who just want to do deals, I just want to make money. I just want to, Those guys never make it because you just can't last burning through people. There's not enough people on the planet. Uh, to, to burn through like that. You really need to get some momentum by people who want to work with you and want to bring you back some more business. Yeah. So, you know, when we've dealt with uh, any kind of probate or death in the family type of, of house transaction like this, that's why we, you know, I, we spend a lot of time with them, explain to them exactly what, how we see what the vision we have for the property. We're not going to be one of those places that buys a place and turn it into a rental property, you know, if that's important to them, we kind of help them um, see how we're going to make it ready for the next family so that they can, they can foresee that it's being handed down and taken care of in some way. It's really important to take that time. For some people, it really is. It's not for everybody, but I've had sellers tell me it was really important. Mom lived here, raised her family and was really proud of the architecture and the style or whatever, and really wanted a family to come in and keep the house the way it was. <clears throat> and I've had other ones tell me they don't want to sell the house to an investor who's just going to rent it because they don't want to do that to the neighbors. The neighbors were so kind to them over the years. And so it is surprisingly often uh, important. Sometimes not. Sometimes they're out of state and they just want cash. They don't care. And then my job then is to get them as much cash as possible, as quickly as possible. So while being in the in this probate world, I've also <coughs> run into those situations where uh, – when there any their time anytime there's money involved and there's a bigger family there's always right. some agitation right. um, that that accompanies that how do you typically handle right. that type of thing? I mean I think I'm particularly good in those circumstances. I, it's hard to sell yourself as to how that is, but again I think it's for me to get my ego out of the way. You know, I'm, it's not my job to convince anybody anything. It's, it's my job to represent my client. And sometimes representing my client is saying less, not saying more. So I just find it as a general rule, uh, the less I say, the better. Um, and if I have something to say, make sure I say the right words. And it sounds simple, but, you know, uh, people can get very emotional. I think it's also um, you want to have the difficult conversations, if you can, in person, second choice video, third choice phone call, lastly, email. It's very easy for people to be emotional and vent an email, and then the other party takes it as you know, the words being real rather than just emotion. It's hard to separate those two via email. So in general, I try to have bad news in person or on a Zoom call or on a phone call rather than via text or email. But that's a challenge to constantly balance. And that's why I try to present myself to the attorneys. And I think I have a reputation amongst attorneys when there's two um, parties that are you know, fighting for the right to manage the affairs, they'll often appoint a temporary administrator. And that person has the right to sell the property, but they kind of have to accommodate both sides. So that's something that I work at, being good at, and then I think it's something that I have done well in the past. So just a reminder, everybody, head over to probateweekly.com for uh, Bill's podcast and some additional information there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But with that, uh, you know, another thing that you just said then is that I've been I've been uh, saying this uh, quite a bit. In fact, I go through some sales training that talks about this. Uh, it's not my place to convince anyone of anything. Right. Uh, I am. That's one of those things that you know you you've naturally tried to do exactly that, but in the end. Uh, it's almost a losing battle if you go down that road. And I, I really appreciated you bringing that up. Anybody who's married or has kids knows that one, right? You can't tell them what you want them to do and you can't get, you know, you can't sell them on it. You got to find a way for them to choose what's best for them. And so I think with customers, I try to always uh, say my job is to give you as much information as you need to make the best decision. Ultimately you'll make the right decision, whether it's pricing or decisions and accepting an offer or not. I'm very careful not to recommend, unless something is obvious, I am a professional. But in general, uh, oftentimes the decision is really based on the customer's preference. And my job is to give them the pros and cons and let them make the decision. You know, how soon do you want your money? You know, this one's lower, but they'll get you the money right away. This one's higher, but there's some risk and it can take an extra 30 or 45 days. I can't answer that for the client. They can. My job is to give them those two choices give them all the information and then give them the space to make the right decision. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you say you do, you do some real estate investing as, as well. Mm -hmm. If you find a property that is in some sort of probate scenario, what do you typically, would you advise a real estate investor to do? Like what information should they probably gather or what type of questions should they be asking before they uh, pull you in to the conversation to help Well, out. you can call me anytime. I'm, I'm fine to answer questions and scenarios. I do it all day long. What, what I would say is you have to first analyze the deal. You know, in, in real estate, my coach right now is Grant Cardone, um, who I think is just a real estate investing master. Now, I, I have to say I was put off by his style for a while, and uh, I have kind of got over that. But his insight on real estate investing is masterful. And one of the things he emphasizes is it's all about the deal. So yeah, just because it's a probate doesn't mean it's a deal. It's got to be a deal, whether mm-hmm. the price or the cash flow or whatever, you're going to add value to it. Whatever your strategy is, the deal has to make sense. Then the next question is, well, what's the cost or penalty of the fact it's a probate? Sometimes it's very little. Um, sometimes if you make a mistake, it can be a lot. And so it just depends on the particular transaction. Most The most common properties in probate don't need court confirmation. They're really pretty much like any other real estate deal. There's some paperwork we do that's different as realtors. There's some paperwork the attorney has to do in order to satisfy title and close. But 99% of the time, they look like any other deal. Now, there's one alligator in the swamp, which is normally in most jurisdictions, if you're going to sell a probate property, even if you have full authority, you don't need court approval. You just have to file something that tells all the heirs and all the creditors we're selling the house for this much money on these terms. And if there's one guy who raises his hand and says, ah, oh, you're selling it too cheap, he can gum up the works and hold up the closing. So you have to work your way through that in the best way possible. Um, sometimes the states will wait to the last minute. Uh, I, if I'm representing the buyer, I want it done right away because I don't want my investor to have his money in the bank, I'm sorry, in escrow, and find out we're waiting for six months while they, they you know, go through a legal process. But 99% of the time, it's not an issue. When it needs court confirmation, number one, that's more complicated. Number two, you should get a discount. Because if you're taking any extra risk, you, know, you want to identify the risk as best you can. 
you should always get a discount to offset any increased risks. So my job as the agent in those cases is to help my investor understand the risk and then make an informed decision whether it works for them or not. Sure. So, you know, with that being said, you know, as a real estate investor yourself, then what are some of the things that you've learned now that, that you wish you would have known when you started real estate investing? Especially well, when it comes to the probate. Yeah. I mean, I started in probate later in my life at 60 years old. So, uh, and I feel like I have about five years. I'm going to be an agent and we just had our first grandchild last weekend. So I'm well, congratulations. Hoping, thank you. So I put a five-year plan in place where I'm going to be basically retiring from sales at the end of you know, another two and a half years. So I said, to myself, well, I don't really have the time to deal with it now. I think when, I, when I'm, I'm done selling, I'll have more time to get into construction. I think if I start over again, I would have got more involved in construction costs and estimating and spent more time learning how to rehab properties. Not to do them myself, but to learn how to control the costs better, working with more contractors. I really avoided that, um, especially in the last two years I've avoided because it's just not my area of expertise. As an investor, I just don't want to get involved in it. So personally as an investor, I only buy properties that I would would call lipstick flips. I buy it. I trash it out. uh, I I get maybe a hoarder property or just in terrible condition, but I can just clean it out and then send a cleaning crew in so it smells nice and it's pretty, take pictures and put it back on the market. Those are the only properties that I would flip today. Uh, and then I'm investing longer term with multifamily properties. But as far as an investor, I think if I start at the beginning, I would try to learn more about the construction costs and rehab process and the market for fixing up properties. I think there's real value there that most people who know that don't know the finance side. If you can combine those two, you have a big advantage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm you know, you've kind of convinced me on something. Usually when I get any help regarding legal or um, insurance. You know, I always try to find the the specialization around right. those things. You know, I'm right. I don't go to just the typical uh, lawyer uh, when I need some sort of property assistance. You know, I actually go to a real estate lawyer that I found through networking channels. But now, you know, when it comes to probate, I'm starting to think that I'm probably missing the boat regarding taking a minute and finding that proper realtor or brokerage that has a, a, some of that specialization as well. I agree. And, and the thing that, that uh, I find, now I, I'll say I got the domain name, the LA probate expert didn't cost anything other than the regular fee. Uh, and I don't really need to have any approval or certification to say I'm a probate expert. Now I have taken numerous classes. I have numerous certifications, but that doesn't make me a probate expert. What makes me an expert I believe, is my commitment to the profession, learning, reading, YouTubes. I've taken multiple certifications. So just be a little careful when somebody positions himself as a probate expert. You want somebody who's really working in that business regularly. Um, and I think a good place to start might be who's the leading probate attorney in your area. And you might call them and say, I'm just looking for a realtor in this space to work with. Is there something you'd recommend? And uh, my guess is the top probate attorney probably gets referrals from that realtor and would appreciate the opportunity to make an outbound referral back to the agent. So I would, I think I would ask, in, in, depending on where you are, it's various by, by county, but I would try to find, I'd Google search the city you're in or the county you're in, a probate attorney, and I, and I would ask that attorney for an introduction. Would you, could you give us an example, you know, outside of the umbrella of probate, what mm-hmm. uh, somebody with probate experience might 
be familiar with that a regular realtor or a broker might not be aware of? Well, I mean, I'll give you a recent example. I would just say even the fundamentals. What's shocking is, you know, just last week, I'm, I'm calling in a case that I know needs court confirmation. That's my particular area of specialty. In LA, we're the biggest probate court in America, so we have more of everything. And so even though court confirmation is a small percentage of the whole, the small percentage of a large whole is a, is a nice-sized chunk. So we have about 50 or 60 a month that go to court to be sold. And that's, I make a living on that to some degree. And so I'll call attorneys on these cases, and I'll look at the case file, because I have access to it online, and, and I'll say to them, I noticed you have a case filed on, you know, to, to go to court on September 16th. But you didn't publicize the sale in the newspaper. It probably is not listed for sale. And to get court confirmation, those two things have to happen. Can I help you with that? Now, this is a guy who's got a huge website, big firm. He's one of the name partners of the firm. Went to Harvard Law School. He could be a genius. He could be the constitutional law expert. He could be the expert on divorces, DUIs, criminal, and corporate. But he knows nothing about probate. And so what's going to happen is either A, I get through to him, or B, his, his petition to get the court to confirm will be de- denied, or C, it will be continued for a few months, and his client is going to pay him fees and more costs and more delays until they go through that process, because there's no way around that process. And so you might say, well, how can he not know that? And the answer is that as a generalist, you know, he might know a lot about a lot of things, but probate is a very specific niche. I liken it to getting a loan. Like if, you've, if you're an investor, you've gotten conventional loans, hard money loans, maybe FHA loans, probably not a VA loan unless you're a veteran. And even there, you might not use your VA benefit. The loan processor for veteran loans is a whole different processor than a conventional lending processor because they're very specific government forms that you only use on a VA loan. So to me, the probate attorney is like a VA loan processor. If you don't really know what you're doing in that space, you're just wasting everybody's time, if that sure. makes sense. No, that, that does make sense. You know, you, you've brought up this, this concept a couple times now regarding probate lawyers and probate brokerages and realtors. Mm. As a real estate investor, I'm, you, you can identify that if you want to go down this road, that's part of the network you're going to need to build out. Yes. How would you suggest a real estate investor approach some of these individuals uh, to start building those type of relationships? Well, I always feel like, you know, relationships are what you can bring to it. Um, you know, it, the uh, uh, a rabbi who married me said something that stuck with me. I don't know that I live up to it, but he said that the key to a good marriage isn't finding the right partner, it's being the right partner. So I think if you want to create a partnership with an attorney, well, what can you bring value for him? Well, if you're, if you're an attorney, you probably get some referrals from a real estate agent. Ask the attorneys or a real estate agent you would refer me to. And, and likewise with realtors, an attorney that, you know, is there an attorney that you're working with that you refer your cases to that I could you know, talk to as well? So you want to network with people and try to find a way to bring them some business. I think that uh, if you're an investor, you're looking to buy property. You're not really a, you're not really a prospect to the attorney. You're kind of a pain to them unless there's some way to bring value to them. And the way you bring value is kind of feeding their supply. You also might ask them, now in some jurisdictions we use separate escrow title companies and some jurisdictions you use real estate attorneys to handle your transactions. So you might look for a probate attorney and ask him, what real estate attorneys do you use and try to use them 
as a way to get an entree back into that probate attorney's uh, business. So I would say you want to you know, find a way to help other people get business. My first coach was Zig Ziglar. He said, you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So figure out what that probate attorney wants. Uh, and in general, most attorneys like to go out to lunch and network. Don't ask them for referrals. Ask them to educate you. Ask them for information and ask how you can help them network their business. Sure. No, that's great advice just in general re- regarding the, the networking. So just one more time before we let you go here, Bill, I got one more question for you, uh, but uh, head over to probateweekly.com for Bill's podcast. And before I let you go, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here tonight? How can you be so smart and so handsome? Okay, right back <laughs> at you. <laughs> you know, I, I think the one question I, I would, that I'd like to answer you know, what's it take to be successful in real estate, whether you're an investor part-time, you're an investor full-time, or you're a real estate agent or sales professional full-time. And I think the, the mistake people do is look for that one nugget that's going to transform their business. And what I've learned is that one nugget is work hard consistently. Now, it doesn't mean work seven days a week, 24 hours, but whatever you're going to do, do it, do it properly, do it consistently, and over time you'll see growth and improving in your skills and your knowledge and I think you're ability to help other people, and that results in business for you. Well, I can't ask for a better way to end this episode. I really appreciate your time, Bill. Again, uh, head over to probateweekly.com for more information and, and to listen to Pod's, uh, Bob's show. Um, and uh, I, I believe it's on YouTube as well. Um, yep. And you got kind of a unique in- structure on that where you even bring people on and answer some questions live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do it as a, as a Zoom call. I bring in 40, 50 people a week and answer questions live. People chat in. People will, will talk as well and ask questions. So, yeah, I try to. It's like a free for all. I'm like the, the ringleader of a three ring circus. I like it that way. So, well, thank you again, Bill. You're welcome back anytime, and I Thanks. hope we can chat again. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was great. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes, and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated, along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time, and tell a friend.